apologize for that. It's time for our second communities update of the day. We've got Mary O'Connell here to talk about running on ice, the coolest community in freight. Mary, thank you for joining us this morning. Today we're talking about perishable goods specifically with e-commerce websites. And I think that this is a fascinating topic and a very niche one as well. So thanks for joining us. Hi guys, how are you? We are doing well. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. And so, Mary, when we're talking about the e-commerce and the perishable goods space, are we talking like uh, food deliveries, um, you know, meal prepping programs, or maybe even medical? Yeah, it's kind of a mix of everything. So anything that's perishable, that could be something from, um, you know, medical devices that are delivered direct to your home or... Um, that could be something that is, uh, you know, like, you know, your typical butcher box where you get some food delivered to your whole house or even something as random as cake that gets delivered to your house for a special for a special occasion. All of those are some of those more perishable food items um, that would come to your house. I think that this is so interesting because it's very, very specific and it's something that has really taken off over just the last like three to five years, right? Think about the company Milk Bar, which is like this very high-end specialized yeah. New York City bakery, right? And back in, I think it was 2017, maybe they started delivering special birthday cakes and people were like, Mm -hmm. whoa, I can get this cake from this New York City bakery. It comes <laughs> package wrapped. I can order it online and it comes to me all the way from New York, even if I live in like Montana mind-blowing to people. And now we sit here thinking, okay, e-commerce is a regular way to ship perishable goods now, and we've gotten pretty good at it. What are some of those big-time tactics that have to be used when you're shipping something? Maybe if it is specialty, like a milk cake all the way from New York to the Great Plains. <laughs> So it's definitely going to come down to like, obviously, how well does this packet, does this good travel? So maybe you maybe, maybe might not be shipping like an ice cream sundae, but definitely like packaged ice cream goods are going to be, they're going to be mostly okay. But the biggest thing to think about is, you know, how far does this package have to go? Does it have to go maybe 20 miles from a distribution center or does it have to go 2,000 miles from a distribution center because that's going to ultimately affect the amount of refrigerant, the amount of dry ice, the amount of packaging that it needs to stay cold and safe and protected. And then also it has to be, you know, what kind of conditions are it going through? Is it the middle of winter where in Northeast Maine, where you're at the very tip of the U.S. and it's going to be very, very cold? Or is it the middle of summer in the desert in Arizona? That's all that's dramatically going to change the amount of refrigerant and the amount of coolant that you need to keep something protected and cold. So it's kind of taking in all of these factors, the distance, the, um, the actual packaging of the material, the environment around it and all the different environments it has to go through. Because even if it's in a refrigerated truck or something like that, you still have to kind of accommodate for, well, what if I end up in the middle of the desert and outside of a temperature that I prefer. So it's definitely something that, um, you, you know, you have to think of as a shipper that's trying to ship perishable goods. And Mary, how much has this industry changed throughout, of course, the COVID times? Because I can only imagine that this brought a huge need um, when just looking to ship goods, whether it be groceries or even just, you know, cross-country? Is that something that kind of evolved throughout COVID or is it something that's just been growing for quite some time? I mean, I think it's naturally been growing, um, but it was kind of like... Uh, like um, lighter fluid on a flame when it came to COVID, when nobody was really wanting to leave, or we saw some shortages in a grocery store. For example, Butcher Box was kind of a thing before the pandemic, but now afterwards, it has grown 
exponentially and it's become one of, you know, the biggest home delivery meat services that you can get. So it's definitely something that was already happening. But like we saw with everything in e-commerce, the pandemic really just threw a lighter fluid on that and said, we're going to expedite this. And as a result, a lot of supply chains have grown and maybe haven't changed a lot of their, um, haven't changed a lot of their practices when it comes to shipping. So it's something that you definitely have to think of and consider um, moving forward that, you know, we have this really, we have this great customer base, but the biggest problem is with the cold chain specifically in these e-commerce deliveries is that when something gets ruined and you have a product that is um, unsafe to eat, unsafe to use for medical or a cake that's ruined, um, you have kind of ruined more than just that product. It's not like, oh, oops, the dress we ordered it has a seam rip on it or it got torn or lost in, pa- in transit, you more than likely have ruined a special experience for that consumer, which means it's going to be like 10 times as harder or 10 times as hard to get them to come back and purchase again. That's a really good point to make as well, especially because when you're shipping a lot of these cold chain goods, they aren't specialty items and they're not necessarily something where you're like, okay, I ordered this medical device. I need it here. I need, I need, you know, this serum or vaccine or whatever. I can't wait another six days to get this next shipment because it's time sensitive and it's special to what I'm doing right now. How do you work on repairing that? Or how do you make sure that you have a backup plan in place if something does go wrong? I think it's, first of all, hope for the best and hope that it doesn't fail. Um, But then understand that we don't live in a perfect world. So it's definitely something where, you know, if you do have something that happened, maybe send them a free item the next time or give them a coupon for something. But it's going to take a lot of work to gain that trust back because kind of like in a relationship, when that trust is broken, it's infinitely harder to get it back. So I think that that's something that is very applicable to cold chain shipping as well. And Mary, we're looking at this segment. How has technology played a role in its development? And what are some of the innovations that we're seeing today? So actually, if you keep watching FreightWaves TV today, you will you'll keep real come on the Running on Ice show. And we actually talked to the founder of Grip Shipping, um, who they are like they have it down to a science. They have, you know, how, like if there's ways that we can reduce refrigerant for a transportation, they have it to like, okay, well, we know we need exactly this much if it's going this distance and in this environment. And so through le- through really through technology and all these different data points, you can really analyze the situation and go, here's where we can improve, here's where we can be better. And instead of the average of like, oh, we have 2% failure drill down into that. Where's your highest and where's your lowest and what can you do to improve? So I think technology really does give you a better picture and set you up to maybe not use 10 pounds or 700 million pounds of dry ice if something's only going two hours away. Absolutely. And I love that call out, right? Technology can reduce the waste and make things a little bit better for you overall. Mary, for people who want to sign up for the newsletter running on ice as well, where can they go to do that? You can do that at greatwaves.com slash running on ice. You can sign up for the newsletter. You can watch old episodes of the podcast. You can even read old episodes of the new or old editions of the newsletter. If you're not sure that you want to hit that subscribe button yet. Awesome. Well, Mary, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Definitely going to be checking up your latest episode and we'll be sure to check in with you again next week. Awesome. See you guys next week. All right. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break and we'll be back with another check of weather in just a few minutes.